Hey, good morning, Second Baptist. I'm so glad that you decided to, to join me on my front porch this morning. What a great opportunity uh, to have all of you, my friends, over here to the house and, and to sit with me and enjoy a, a cool glass of iced tea or maybe even a cup of coffee in the middle of the heat. But um, as you know, I'm in Vieques, Puerto Rico this morning, and I'm sharing the good news. I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with our sister churches, uh, doing an outreach event on the beach with our team. So thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to do that, and we look forward to, to coming back in the next few days and uh, telling you a little bit about what God's been doing and what God was doing while we were in Vieques. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Second John, and we're going to continue our series called Postcards. Last week we spent some time talking about Philemon and the idea of forgiveness, and that's a difficult concept. Um, it's what makes us look and act and think a little bit more like Jesus than maybe any other thing that we do, um, is this idea to forgive, that um, Jesus forgave us of all of our mistakes and all of our mess-ups and all of our sins, and that he asked us to offer the same type of forgiveness that, that covers over a multitude of sins and wrongs that people do to us. And so sometimes when people hurt us and it hurts deep and it cuts deep, the last thing that we want to do is to forgive. And what Philemon talked about, what Paul talked to Philemon and what Jesus talks about is that that's actually what we're supposed to do is to forgive those um, an numerous amount of time. And so this morning we're going to continue that series on postcards, and we're going to be looking at the book of John. As a matter of fact, Second John. And Second John was written by the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, who wrote First John. Obviously, he wrote Second John. He also wrote Third John. We've got really um, unique with the titles of these books, right? And then also he wrote this other book called Revelation that's had a lot of discussions, and even some people would say arguments over what John was even writing about. But we'll talk about that another time. This morning, if you will, open your Bibles to Second John as we dig into what he was talking about here in Second John, this short letter. And actually, this short letter, it seems to be written to a godly woman or a godly woman in a church and the children that she's looking after. And so John, one of the main things that John talks about in all of his writings and discusses in depth is, is that there's a foundational truth that we have to understand as Christians. And that foundational truth that we have to understand as Christians is this, is that, number one, that Jesus was real, and that what he means by that, that Jesus was real, was that he was a real human, he was 100% human, while also being 100% God. And that that's the unique distinction about the person of Jesus and who it is that we worship, and that the, our foundational truth that we build our faith upon and our uh, what Christianity is built upon. So in Second John, he's kind of writing a shorter letter of uh, the Gospel of John and even a shorter letter of First John, and he talks about that we need to know several things. And the first thing that he tells us is that in verses 1 through 3 is that we need to know the truth, that that is the foundation, and that truth is that Jesus is fully God and fully human and that he is the Son of of the Father. If you have your Bibles, look with me in verses 1 through 3. And it says this This letter is from John the Elder, also the Apostle. I'm writing to the chosen lady and to her children, whom I love in the truth. And what he's saying here is, is that, that we're a family because of this foundational thing that, that we have 
based upon the faith that we have through Jesus Christ. And so I love you in this truth that we're, we're a family, and as we've talked about, that the cross is equal ground, as does everyone else who knows the truth. It's a big family, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us in truth and in love. Actually, if you look over to, to 1 John chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, he, we get a little bit of an expanded version of what he's talking about here. And he says this, So I'm writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist, literally a deceiver. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So here, what John is reminding us of is that Jesus talked about this exclusive opportunity to have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's an exclusive thing. And he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus Christ. So that's the exclusivity of it. That's the, the foundational truth of how we can have a relationship with God the Father. It's through Jesus Christ. And the only way that Jesus can be that exclusive way to the Father is if he's fully human and fully God. So John wants to make sure that this elect lady, this chosen lady, understands this foundational truth. So the first thing he tells her is, I want you to know the truth. And then the second thing that he tells her is that, hey, I want you to, not just know it, but I want you to live in the truth. I want you to walk in it. Actually, the scripture talks about making progress in the truth. Verses 4 through 6 tell us a little bit about that. It says, how happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. Now, that means that John was walking through town one day and he saw some of the chosen lady's kids and they were, the reputation was such that they lived in the truth, that they had the character and they were transformed by the good news and by the truth. And so there was something about them that um, people heard about them and they knew good things about them. But that also meant, on the other side, that he'd heard some stories about some of the other children and they weren't living according to the truth. And so John is just saying, hey, listen, for us, once we know the truth, the foundational truth, we're setting our children on a path, we're setting ourselves on a path, and that these children, he heard good stories about them being on the path and living in the truth. Verse 5, I'm writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we've had from the beginning. Again, here John is reminding us of something that he tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verses 7-8, through 8, is that this new commandment is something that's really not new, but that we got to see it lived out, this idea of love lived out in the person of Jesus Christ, and that he is our example for living and loving. As a matter of fact, that Jesus loved people in spite of the fact that they were enemies of his. Now, this is extremely difficult. That One of the things that as we grow in our faith and as we make progress in our faith, 
one of the things that we learn is is that we need to love people well. As a matter of fact, the idea of how well we understand we've been loved and we are loved by Jesus and by God is a mirror reflection of the way that we love other people. And so here, John is reminding us that the greatest example of someone who walked and lived in truth and in love was the person of Jesus Christ. And that for us, this new commandment is that we should love even those who don't love us. We should love others in spite of even who they are. We should love others even if some would say that they're an enemy of us. Because there was a time, if you are a Christian, if you were a follower of Jesus, there was a time prior to that that you were literally an enemy to God. Your your life plan, your life direction, your life purpose was totally about you and was against God. And God still sent his son for you, and Jesus still gave his life for you, even while you were still a sinner, even while you were still an enemy. And so the reflection of the way that we love other people is a reflection of how well we understand and are amazed by the grace that we've received through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 6, love means doing what God commands us. And as he commanded us to love one another, just as you have heard from the very beginning. One of the things that we're called to do, commanded to do, is it's not really a suggestion for us, but it's, it's truly a command, is to love one another. First John chapter 5, verse 3, John tells us, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In other ways, one of the ways that we love God is just by being obedient to doing the things that we're called to do, to, to love others, to, to take care of others. And, and really the commandments are this, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And so that's what we're to be doing. And so John tells us, number one, know the truth. The second thing he tells us is to walk in the truth or to live in the truth so that there's going to come a time, the third thing he tells us is that there's going to have to come a time where we have to actually remain in the truth or literally abide or to hold on to that truth. That there's going to be storms that come and that if we have that foundation, we'll be able to stand them. And one of the storms that come are actually deceivers or those that try to trick us and deceive us into leading and following a different path than the path that's the straight path into a relationship with God. It's easy to get distracted by so many different things and John knew that and understood it and had seen it even in the first you know, 40 or 50 years of the early church and of the gospel spreading rapidly and so many people becoming followers of Jesus through all the miracles that were happening in the early church but there were still those that would tell something that sounded a little bit like the truth had a little bit nugget of the truth and, and sounded just enough like it but people would believe it and begin to follow and walk away and the next thing that they would know they were on a different path and they had strayed from the truth and that they were actually a very long way from where they had started the journey and so john is talking about that remain in the truth and as i told you before one of the things about a relationship with god is that the longer we're in a relationship with anyone the more we know them as a matter of fact one of the things we know about them is their voice the distinctiveness of their voice and as i've said in the past, there's been times where I'm in a, a big store like Super Walmart or Target or something like that, and um, I know my wife's voice very well. She's trained me 
And so there will be moments where she will make this little noise, and you can hear that over all of this. No one else can hear it, but I can hear it, and I know that it's her voice calling out to me. As a matter of fact, I can hear my kids' voices over everyone else's and, and all that. I'm sure you can, too. You know your kids or your grandkids or your spouse's voices. more. You can hear them more clearly than you can anyone else's. The same is true in our relationship with God the Father. same is true in our relationship with Jesus. But the longer that we do life with them, the longer that we're in relationship with them, His voice becomes clearer to us. That in the midst of the distractions, in the midst of all the different things that, that would kind of drown out the truth, that if we stop and listen, if we will pause to listen to the still, small voice, the gentle whisper, and to hear the voice of the Father, we will hear it clearly and know that it's His voice. And so here John is, is talking about that. He says it this way in verse 7. I say this because many deceivers have come out, have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship both with God the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and doesn't teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give him any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. I know that sounds like it's not a very loving part, but there are moments where we have to put our arms around others and say, hey, listen, we love you. But the things that you're teaching are not true. They're not built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And there's false teachers everywhere today, just as there were during John's day. And one of the things that I would challenge you to do is, as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of his, as a student of his, as a, as a, a brother of his, is that you would spend time in his word, that you would get to know it, and that the only way that you can get to know it is over a long period of time. And I know that there are times that we're like, man, I don't, I don't know enough. And, and it it's, feels daunting to, to study. But begin to dig in. Begin to spend some time with it. And begin to just fall in love with the God who wrote this love letter to you. And develop that relationship over time. Five minutes in the morning, ten minutes. And get to know the God who loves you and has given everything for you. Even when you were an enemy to him. He loves you, and He gave His all for you. Now, this morning, as we continue this time, I want you to remind you that you need to remain in the truth, and there's going to be those that are going to deceive us. And one of the things that I want you to grasp and understand is, not only do we need to remain in the truth, but we also have to protect ourselves. And that as a family, as parents, and as grandparents, one of the key things that we do is to train our children up in the faith, but also we have to, to fight the good fight. We have to protect our children. And, and we live in a world and in a culture that there's all kinds of voices and all kinds of distractions before our children and before us. And so we have to stop and to pause and to listen to the voice. So this morning, I want to invite one of our chosen ladies here at, at second, Miss Mary Moore. And I'm going to invite Mary to come down front. And she's going to continue this time of teaching with you. And so, kids, I invite you to come down front and join here with Miss Mary and, and, uh, and enjoy the time with her as she continues this lesson 
on what does it mean for us to not only remain in the truth, but also to protect ourselves and protect our family. And, and what are the tools and resources that we have as Christians to protect ourselves? Again, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share with you this morning and also to share with those in Vieques, Puerto Rico. We'll be praying for you as I know that you're praying for us. God's blessings on you this morning as you worship.